0: Welcome to something new. So if you're listening to this, that means that you are one of our Patreon subscribers. And for that, we would just like to thank you from the bottom of our heart. We really appreciate the support and this show is honestly just for you guys to help thank you for, for coming out and supporting us. So uh, just to get started, uh, the show itself or sorry, the game that we are playing is going to be Dungeon World. So if you've never heard of Dungeon World before, it is also a Powered by the Apocalypse game system just like Thornvale. So you're going to notice some things that sound very similar to how we play Thornvale. It's just like Dungeons & Dragons mixed with Powered by the Apocalypse. So it's just using this other system with 2d6s to get successes, mixed successes, and failures instead of rolling a 20-sided die for everything like Dungeons & Dragons does. Uh, Something else that I should bring up is that just like Monster of the Week, uh, this system does use tags. So there's tags for pretty much everything. Um, You know, weapons are going to have tags, armor is going to have tags, um, even towns and cities are going to have tags. And it works the same way. Um, We'll come across it in episodes as they become relevant. But just like tags in Monster of the Week, they usually mean something. So using weapons as an example, you know, hand, close far you know like the different ranges of weapon are a tag or like if it's loud or if it's messy you know all those kinds of things kind of add a certain feature to whatever item or thing they're talking about so uh just uh, keep a lookout for that Uh, it's going to be another one of those things that's very similar to monster of the week and uh will kind of mean things mechanically as well one other piece of business I would like to take care of in this episode zero, just because honestly, I might forget to do it uh, as it comes up in the episodes. But um, something that I did is um, I, I really like magical items and I want magical to items to be a very big part of this world as a cool fantasy world. Um, however, like I think I can come up with some pretty good ones. I've got a list of some, but I don't think I'm going to be able to come up with anywhere near enough cool magic items just from my own head. As, you know, kind of the random loot drops that are going to happen as part of this adventure. So I decided to do some research and look through the internet and try and get some, some uh, inspiration or even just downright complete item ideas from other people. So I'd like to give some credit to some of my sources for magic items now in case I forget to do it in episode when the time comes. So just uh, to list some of these off. Um, I found when I was doing a search for Dungeon World magic items, there's a Dungeon World subreddit, and there's a user over there called Agnate Heartstone that had a good list of some cool magic items. Uh, there's also, this one wasn't on Reddit, it was just uh, the, the only name I could get is Robert Ian Shepard, and he as well had some cool magic items that he had come up with and listed down, and I thought they were pretty cool as well and decided to just keep a list of them in case I give one to my characters someday. Um, another Reddit user is the Mean Machine, and that's M-E-E-N for Mean. Um, there was uh, another thing I did a search on. It's called the Magic Tavern, um, and they had something called the Wand of Wonder 3.0, uh, and it just looks bonkers and crazy. So I thought that might be fun someday. And then uh, finally, uh, there is something called Wizbolt's Discount Magic, and that's just kind of like a broader like theme. Like when I was reading into it, it it's kind of funny. They've got this like Wizbolt character that has all these really crazy magic items. And uh, I won't use the same character, but I did like a lot of those magic items themselves. So I've got a list of them. And like I said, I will do my best on all of these to call out the creators or inspiration that I got it from just to give credit where credit's due. It'll definitely go in the show notes when the episodes go out. But in case I forget, as we're there in episode, I just wanted to make sure I gave some credit right now. Another thing I'd like to point out is I know that a lot of you are obviously here because you're fans of Thornvale, which is a very dark, kind of uh, supernatural esque or X Files esque kind of show. This is going to be very different because we are set in a fantastical fantasy world, just like Dungeons and Dragons. You know, there's going to be magic and dragons and monsters and. Kind of blade, blades and sorcery type of uh, type of adventure going on. It's going to be. Did you just say blades and sorcery? Is it swords and sorcery. It's sword and oh, sorcery. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's going to be a very. It's going to be a very swords and sorcery type of adventure. It, just I mean, shut up. Either one works. I mean, it's sword the same idea. Swords and
1: sorcery. Mm-hmm. It's the S's at the beginning. I'm <laughs> sorry. and sorcery. It's
0: just.
1: Have to heard the sorry. new thing: blades and sorcery. <laughs> Oh, goodness.
0: It is a very swords and sorcery type of adventure that we're going to be spinning. So I know that uh, we are very, uh, very... How should I say this? We are very tense on Thornvale. And that is definitely going to happen on this show. We are going to have some tense moments and hard fights. But uh, at least starting out, it's going to be a little bit... Lighthearted isn't the right word. It's going to be a slightly different tone, but rest assured... The, uh, there's, 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 there's going to be a very narratively driven game, which I think is a very good strong point of Thornvale that all of you will love, despite it being a different setting and game system. Rest and a, and is, a
1: different GM.
0: Yeah, and a different GM. And rest assured, I also have some very good story plots and twists and ways to just make these characters squirm. So <laughs> if you're looking for those tense moments and me putting my characters in a spot, which is uh, literally one of my moves as a dungeon master... I'm actually called a Game Master in this game, but I still like Dungeon Master. So being the DM in this game, one of my moves is literally put the characters in a spot, which I like. So I'm going to be trying to do that as much as I can just to have some fun. So keep an eye out. Uh, With that, I think let's get our characters introduced. Let's show you the three adventurers that you're going to be getting to see traips around this world. And we will start with...
1: Pick someone
0: <laughs> uh, You just shook your head at me I thought you were trying to tell me No, well, don't I'm pick me i just saying get on with <laughs> it Okay, well you go first then Okay So I'm going to have Susanna go first
1: <laughs> Alright, cool Hey guys, you know me, I'm Susanna I am usually the keeper of Thornvale But now I get to be a player I am playing a catfolk assassin <laughs> And <laughs> it's crazy uh, My name is The Wind Smiles With You But I go by Windy for short For humans who don't like to say really long things so, I can't tell you too much about my character because that would be like super Hold on, spoilers. I need, I need
0: to interject. Uh, what we did is for the, her, the cat folk race in this world, we basically designed a naming convention system. Yes. For, for them. I think you need to say why you chose the Wind Smiles With You for real world reasons. Uh,
1: yeah. Okay, okay. So, the Wind Smiles With You is my real life Native American name.
2: Ah. Uh, my uncle
1: <laughs> is Choctaw. And. When I was put into his arms the very first time, I farted on him and then smiled. <laughs> and so he gave me the name "The Wind Smiles with You." That is not the reason for the character's name. Yeah, but that became the naming convention for all of the cat folk in Andrew's
0: universe. That's so, great. so basically, the naming convention is the blank does the blank. Yeah, exactly. Nice. or something like that. So, yeah. yeah.
1: So I am an assassin, which is a, a home brewed class
0: oh another interjection sorry so I will share the homebrewed class because I wrote it basically what I did is uh, the game has a base thief class that kind of fit for assassin but Susanna wanted her characters to specifically be an assassin so I decided to help look up some extra stuff about assassins that other people had done for dungeon world and kind of combined it all together into my own class um, and it's actually a good point to bring up, too, that this is going to be a very home-brewed version of Dungeon World. We're definitely following the base rules, but uh, there are going to be times where I kind of go and do my own thing for this being a podcast, so just to uh, keep an eye out for that.
1: Yeah. So I think that's about all I can say for my character. You'll find out more about me. Oh, wait, I forgot one. Yeah, you forgot an important thing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the most important thing about my character. I am mute. <laughs> I don't talk.
2: I'm really Which uh, I realize about is that. an odd
1: choice <laughs> for an audio medium. But yeah, my character is mute and they have a little wristband that lets them write things in the air <laughs> so that you can still tell what they're saying. I That's really kind like of that. important, but other than that, I think there's not, there's not about anything else about my character that I can really tell you guys.
0: Yeah. So just, just to give a bit more detail on that amulet, it lets her telepathically write in the air. So you just
1: yeah, have yeah, to, like, yeah. Draw with her. I don't have or to like draw with my fingers because usually my fingers are busy like you know trying to cut someone's throat. Yeah.
3: So so you're not you're not even going into appearance or anything besides cat folk. I was actually just I about, do, to, I I was about to ask for that. Yeah. yeah. I think we need that.
1: Um, what did we settle on? I'm a black cat with
0: you're I mean, I can say it even though it's your character just because I know. Is it on but, the description? No, I didn't write it down there. Okay. I know what the answer is. All right.
1: Is, that's though. fine. Um, So I am a black cat. I have short hair. So there's two different kinds. There's like the long-haired cats and then there's the short-haired cats.
0: Just another interjection really quick. So like, it's literally like they could just look like a long-haired cat or they could have like human-looking hair. So they could have like a long, like, you know, just long human-looking hair. You know, they're anthropomorphized cats basically. So they yeah. look... They look human esque, basically.
1: Yeah, some some are long haired, some are are short haired. I am yeah. a short haired cat. I don't have any hair per se. I am a black cat, but I have socks, so I I have tan socks Aww. on my feet <laughs> and my hands.
3: See, seems like seems like you would be cute. And I have but two no. different colored eyes. Ooh.
1: I have one. I have one golden eye and one. Did we say blue?
3: blue. Yeah.
1: I have one golden eye and one blue eye.
0: Which one's which?
1: I think the left one is golden and the
0: right one is blue. I mean, you you literally get to decide which one it is. So yeah, we'll just... go with that. <laughs> so left is gold and right is blue. Yeah, gotcha. sure. Ah, nice.
1: But they're both cat eyes. They're just two different colors. Yeah.
0: Any other identifying marks or anything? Or is that about it?
1: That's about it, I okay, think. Okay, sounds good. I wear a cool cloak.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, we had decided it wasn't a cloak. It well, it's not a like cloak, just exactly. A hood, basically. It's like a, it's like a, a shawl
1: rampant. with a yeah. hood on it.
0: Yeah.
2: Are you covered in fur? Yes, okay. I'm covered in fur. Okay, everywhere. I just wanted to, I I wanted to clarify. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she was just,
0: when she said short hair, she's just trying to say that it's just like cat length short yes. haired fur okay. instead yeah. of her having like human hair. I'm very hair soft. Gotcha. Yeah, she is very soft, yes.
2: Do you have toe beans? I do have toe beans. <gasps> yeah.
0: Actually, bringing up the, the feet, Uh, the feet are going to look like cat feet. So you know, cat feet, like their heels, so to speak, aren't like on the ground. It's like farther along their leg, and they kind of like almost as that backwards. It's not their knee, but ankle yeah yeah their ankle, like an ankle is like higher in the air so she kind of walks on like the toes of her feet like a yeah, cat does
1: i do Ooh, yeah. but my hands my hands are more like human hands Yeah, her hands nice. are more like
0: human hands and she doesn't have shoes I, have she, she, like, I don't can't have shoes. wear shoes they just don't wear shoes
1: it's not comfortable in the claws yeah <laughs> i can
2: imagine
0: <laughs> speaking of which uh actually you should talk about what your so the way dungeon world works the way i'm not going to go into terrible detail here for uh character creation um For anyone who's interested on the really ins and outs of Dungeon World, definitely go take a look at their book. Their Player's Handbook and Dungeon Master's Handbook is really good, in my opinion.
1: I bought him the handbook for his birthday. Yeah,
0: (laughs) It goes into more exhaustive detail there. All you need to know is that the way that the game is set up, one of the things we're homebrewing, is usually each class has a kind of advantage you get based on your race that you choose. But the base book only allows humans, elves, dwarves, and halflings. And some classes don't even allow all of them. Some classes only allow like one or two or three of them. So what I decided was that I wanted everyone to be able to pick any class they wanted and any race they wanted, even races not in the main book. So what we had to do for Susanna is come up with a good like racial bonus, I guess, for being an assassin. So you want to share what that is? Susanna? Yeah,
1: so it's it's Cat's uh, Grace. That's what we decided, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh I can fall abnormally I can fall from abnormally high places and land on my feet. I can also climb any surface with ease as long as my claws can find purchase. Ooh. That's So that's uh that, that's my special ability.
3: That's pretty impressive.
1: Yep.
2: That'll
1: be useful. Um, I th- <laughs> think
0: I think that's going to be all the details that you really need to give. I think so, yeah. Oh, uh, what's your alignment? Uh, tell them your oh. alignment as well.
1: Uh, it's true neutral, isn't it? I don't know. What did I You're say? Neutral, it's been a while yeah. since I looked at this. Is it written down somewhere? It's upper right. Neutral, yeah.
0: Right. So this kind of brings up another thing. So the alignments in this game, each class kind of has different alignments you can choose from, and then that alignment choice gives you a way to get experience for leveling up so if you do the thing tied to that alignment you'll get an XP point at like the end of the session it's not every single time you do it it's more of like an end of session thing yeah um, our sessions are not going to be every episode they'll make it very clear no. hey <laughs> we've hit end of session tell me if you got your level up or if you got your experience point for doing the thing so what is your thing for being neutral
1: Yeah, so my neutral thing that that helps me level up is avoid detection or infiltrate a location.
0: Ooh. And then I guess the final thing too, um, again, we're not going to go into exhaustive detail in the setup episode. We're kind of going to let things be explained as they become relevant. So each class has some starting moves tied to the class and we'll explain those in episode as they become relevant for the first time just to kind of cut back on what we're talking about here. Uh, but the last thing I like to talk about is there is a facet of the game called bond. So the game kind of assumes that all the hunters or all the adventurers already know each other and that they have some kind of relationship with each other. They don't have to, but it gives you the option to say that they've got relationships with each other. It works just like monster of the week where like our class had specific things that we could choose as our bonds. Um, I just want to say here, uh, I am not doing it that way. Uh, these people, these guys, don't know each other to start out, so they're starting with no bond. But they can always choose a bond as the game goes on. It's actually a, like a like an experience mechanic. So if you have a bond with somebody and you feel like you've resolved it in some way, you don't have the bond anymore, but you gain an experience point, and then you can write a new bond if you think that one applies with somebody. So mm-hmm. it's kind of an evolving thing instead of just a static thing. That's cool. And with that, I oh actually give uh give what your stats are just so everyone's aware of what your
1: oh yeah uh, okay, so I have one I have plus one strength plus two dex zero constitution, uh plus one intelligence. Zero in wisdom and negative one to charisma. (laughs) Not (laughs) charismatic. Mostly because I can't talk. Yeah.
0: So uh, the six, just to kind of reiterate, the six stats in this game are the same as Dungeons and Dragons. It's strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. And then that plus one, minus one, twos, all those numbers are the same thing in Monster of the Week. You know, it's the number we add to our 2d6 roll to see how good or bad we do.
1: So I'm very dexy. Oh, but not very um, much anything else.
0: Actually, share uh, the, the last thing you could share is that you have 18 hit points, just because I can yeah. see it too. And then the other kind of mechanic thing, the way this game works is your damage that you deal for weapons or what have you is based on your class, not the item itself. So the assassin gets a D8 damage. So they this in this system, we're actually going to roll some other dice for things. It's not going to be set damage every time. We're going to have that randomized damage, kind of like Dungeons & Dragons does. So uh, for Susanna, anything she uses to attack somebody, for the most part, is going to be a D8. There might be like magic items that change that or something, but for the most part, she will always be rolling a D8 no matter what she's using to attack somebody, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I think that
3: is the last detail we got to get through. For, for I think
1: so. Character. All right, who's next?
3: All right. Uh, I'll be playing a dwarfish slayer by the name of Malik. Uh, he is uh, he is under the slayer class because he is a monster hunter. And uh, there's not really a ton I can very similar to Susanna. I cannot I cannot tell you uh, expansion upon backstory at the moment. But suffice to say that the circumstance dictates that he is currently traveling, uh, traveling solo as a uh, as a monster hunter for pay, uh, basically a hunter for hire, you could say. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he's um, like he's, a witcher. <laughs> our entire group is going to be the shortest amount, shortest group of monster killers in the history. Of <laughs> oh gaming. yeah, you forgot to say how tall you were, Susanna. I'm little. <laughs> yeah. because I am. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you're, you're little, to I mean, talk you're about little Susanna. But I believe... I'm five foot three. I'm very small, and I'm the tallest one. Yes, yeah. you are the tallest one because Malik is four four. Which is tall for a dwarf. For a dwarf is very tall. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, no, um, I'm the smallest and, Yeah, so he, um, <laughs> as far as appearance, he, um, his eyes are. He he. He's got blue eyes. They're they're kind of uh, like picture a big block of granite. You basically have an idea of his eyes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um. He's uh he he carries a few scars from past uh (laughs) past encounters. Really really sort of weathered face, kind of swarthy. Wears uh wears black boots and of course basic armor is given to the Slayer. And he usually his uh his main his main piece of clothing is a it's a it's a cloak that it's it's like a bluish black cloak. So depending on depending on how the light hits it and the shadows, it can look either black or blue, or a combination thereof. And his hair he's he's a uh, he's a redhead. He he ties it uh, he ties it back in a in a in a ponytail or a braid. I can't remember. I I want to say I want to say ponytail. I'll make it a ponytail. And and then he also has a big big impressive like uh, How to Train Your Dragon the dad character that big red beard he's got. That's that's Malik. No, I love nice. it. Nice, I love it.
0: I have to say, just as a quick interjection, by the way, that dwarves are like my favorite fantasy race, and just the class itself, I'm really excited for. So the fact that you're playing a dwarven slayer is like choice yeah. for me. I
3: <laughs> mean, <laughs> awesome. I mean, so. well, I I have a thing, I have I have a special uh, attachment to dwarfs as well because. I remember Lord of the Rings and I Mm, mean, when, when Gimli showed up, I was like, I like this character. He's cool. (laughs) And so I have certain moves that are based on my, uh, my character class who is the slayer. And I did choose, um, Andrew, I don't believe I mentioned this to you, but I chose my alignment as well.
0: Okay. I thought you, you had, but, uh, go ahead. Which, oh,
3: oh, didn't, I'm sorry. Did, did you already have it written down? Uh, I had one written down but maybe you didn't make a final choice so you'd go ahead and uh, Well I share thought it. Uh, in, unless unless you want to veto this I was thinking that uh chaotic good would be would be his would be his alignment.
0: Okay, definitely, yeah. So uh he can definitely be chaotic good. I just realized that when uh uh we were talking about alignment so the way that Dungeon World does alignment it just does Good, evil, neutral, chaotic, or lawful, all as their own separate things. So there's technically only five. Okay. So, but that's, but what I've decided is you're still going to be like chaotic, good, whatever. Like you can do it the Dungeons and Dragons way. Okay. And the only thing that matters is for like your character creation, like what that five point one is. Cause I don't like it either. I like the nine point system a lot better. So,
3: yeah. Okay.
0: Which uh, is actually a fair point because for the Slayer. You actually don't pick an alignment, you pick a um like oh, a motivation, oh, oh, that's basically. Right. What drives it's called a drive, it's what drives you. That's so right. you can share what I'm, that is. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. Yes. And but uh
3: my drive, uh and I I cannot say more than this only because of due to circumstance and story, but um it's uh he he is doing this for a personal reason. Okay.
2: Yeah. I <laughs> is, actually is like serious. that a lot too.
0: Yeah, good I to like know. the fact yes. that he's kind of this uh kinda maybe brooding. I don't know if you decided he, if he was really brooding or he's, not. But he's, he's not
3: he's not uh he's not like he's not reached Batman levels of brooding. No, he is yeah. not. But but due to backstory that I cannot say, uh he has developed a a a rather hard shell. And in actuality he is a he is a very uh he is a very kind hearted uh kind hearted person. But due to circumstance he is not the most easily of most easily to trust or to give trust based on what has mm-hmm. happened to him. So,
0: uh, because you chose it's personal, what is your quote-unquote alignment like experience gain thing?
3: I am uh, to revel in the slaying of a hated foe. Oh yeah. wow! So, if you basically get
0: happy <laughs> for killing something that you really aren't happy with, you'll you'll get experience
3: for it. That's uh, great. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is honestly, I mean, I I have a like. According to my story, I'm pretty sure every, like any monster ever could grant me experience because my reason for doing what I'm doing is, is, is to further my, my eventual aim. So. Right. Yep. Cool.
0: So yeah, you're basically getting good at
3: hunting and killing things for a good reason. Yeah. And, and I, I, well, it's, it's, it's for my own personal reasons, but you know, I am not, I am not going to be like, oh yes, leave that monster to kill so-and-so. No, no.
0: So uh, just a couple other things. So um, again, for Monster Hunter, or sorry, for Slayer, it's a bit different. You don't pick a race like everyone else. You pick a origin, and then like you still pick a race with it. So that's why you chose dwarf. But your your bonus thing isn't based on your race. It's based on something else. So what was the something else that you chose?
3: My drive here is training, which is I am mere flesh and blood, but the skill is unmatched when you use. My move, which is Monster Hunter, uh, I always gain an additional one on readiness.
0: So when we uh, first use monster, when he, when Wesley's character first uses Monster Hunter, we'll go into details on exactly what that means. But he basically gets more ready for fighting monsters, which is pretty good. That's cool. Yeah, it's a good one. And, and I then w- I think a last order of business: just let us know your hit points, your damage die, and then what your stats are.
3: Yes, my strength. Uh, I have a two for strength zero dexterity one cons uh a single or uh, well i'm sorry i'm reading the base ones and then um yeah my bases are two yeah two strength zero dex one con one intelligence zero wisdom and negative one charisma Because he
0: too chose charisma as his worst as his worst stat.
2: We're not a very charismatic group.
3: <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. I am not. I am not gonna be. I'm not gonna be singing a song anytime soon. It's. it's... <laughs> nope. Uh,
0: actually, this is one thing I wanted to bring up too. Something I really like about the Slayer class is that you're actually like an intelligence based fighter, basically. A lot of your moves that you'll get to later in the game are like intelligence base, which I think is pretty cool.
1: That's really interesting.
3: So. Yes. I have intelligence for one plus my my base, which is pretty big, actually. Yeah.
0: Sweet. Um, and then I think with that, uh, Hannah, what is your character?
2: So I'm playing a halfling. Uh, her name is Kellen Buttonborough. Uh, so she That's is a whopping... <laughs>
3: that is an amazing last name. Hmm. Yeah.
2: She is a whopping two feet ten inches tall.
1: Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so little. I'm gonna throw you.
2: <laughs> no. I will not, find
1: so... a reason to throw you.
3: You're not throwing um, me.
1: I can do it. I'm I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm you're big not, enough. You're not yeah. gonna throw Wesley's character. No, probably not. He's only so the, a few inches shorter than me.
2: <laughs> the tallest one in our party is five foot three and the shortest the is two like, foot ten. <laughs> yeah. If we have
3: Oh Lord. If we have an infiltration mission, I could think I like all three of us could Feasibly sneak in somewhere and no one would know because we are so very tiny. (laughs) 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 Or
0: just sneaky by class. Yeah. Yeah. That's even a big one is, yeah, sneaky. Yeah.
2: Um, So I'm playing a class called The Branded, which is like a homebrew class. Um, It's basically a rework of, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. Emulator? Is that how you say it? Emulator. Yep. Yeah. So it's like a a rework of the Emulator. So essentially, I kind of think it is, like, a firebender, like, from Avatar. There's even a move mm-hmm. called Zuko Style. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. Yeah, so just think of it as, like, I'm playing, like, a halfling firebender. Uh, that's the that's easiest fantastic. way to put it.
3: <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> yeah, which is hate really cool. All of you.
2: <laughs> so because I manipulate fire, like, to my will, instead of fighting through strength, I fight through constitution. So, like, when I use, like... Oh. W- Weapons like flame weapons, I roll Constitution instead of Strength. So
0: well, you use kinda con conjure it. I think you still to... use.
2: Oh, use the Constitution to conjure it, but yeah, yeah. I think, I think you like roll some... something
0: else to actually deal the damage, though.
2: Yeah, it's somewhere in the oh Dex. I use Dex as yeah.
0: the yeah. You
1: use as Dex my strength. as your. Uh, I use Dex yeah. as my
2: strength because I am making the weapon. So my. Special ability due to like my race or like class is called touched by flame. And so basically, um non-magical heat and fire um doesn't harm me. So I'm immune to like heat and flame. So that's awesome.
3: That's really cool. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So uh that's definitely gonna be useful, I feel like, especially since I like use fire (laughs) a lot. Yeah. And my alignment oh, perk, like... Oh, real
0: quick, Hannah, do you mm-hmm. mind me saying the first part of that, Touched by Flame? Oh, yeah, I, I don't think know. it's a spoiler to say okay. it. I just think, yeah, it's not a spoiler, but uh, it's you're not going to be able to explain to everyone else what it is. I'm the only one mm-hmm. who's going to know. So what the move Touched by Flame says is, um, your soul has been suffused by fire. Tell the GM what you sacrifice to the flames. In return, non-magical heat and fire no longer harm you. So Hannah's character sacrifice something to the fire to get her powers. Yes. Oh. But that is going to be a fun little plot point for later that you, the yeah. listeners can look forward to Cool. and the players. The other players have no idea what, what Hannah's got going on.
3: So yeah. I th- so, in, in comparison to, in comparison to Thornvale, no one knows anything about anyone. And that's, no, which I really <laughs> like, I think it's going to be fun. So yeah. I mean,
1: there's a lot of secrets in Thornvale too, but uh, yeah, this is a much more secret heavy podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's going to be great. I
2: don't think this isn't like a spoiler. Uh, Kellen is a traveling acolyte for the halfling fire god. Um, the halfling fire god is, is Tessin, who is the god of fire and mischief. Um, <laughs> so oh, that's kind of like goddess. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Goddess of fire and mischief. So that's kind of like her, where she gets her abilities like with the fire. That's how that kind of all connects. So mm-hmm. cool. my alignment perk, like how I like level up, is throw caution to the wind for your own personal gain.
1: Oh Lord! <laughs> I oh, loathe you.
2: <laughs> yes, because I'm all about sneaking so, and your
1: fire and throwing caution to the wind. And I do not appreciate
0: that.
3: It's going to be amazing. It's going to so, be great. Actually, Santana, <laughs> yeah. I think I think yours and mine might actually get along or something yeah, I approaching. Right.
1: We we'll find out, I guess.
2: I think. Oh, so for my stats, my strength is minus one. My dex Ooh. is two. My constitution is one. Intelligence is zero. Wisdom is one, and charisma is zero.
3: <laughs> no, boy. no one is. Wow. We are not
0: gonna. We are not gonna have any conversations. You're gonna be ever. the best talkie party <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah. Can you think of any other important backstory details you can actually share or any other? What does your character look like? I think we forgot to do that.
2: Yeah. Um, so, well, she so one, she's a little halfling. Yeah. One other thing before that, like my hit points, I have 19 hit points and my damage is a D8. <laughs> what hit points did I do?
3: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I think I went through. I went through my stats and didn't include my hit points in there, did I? Um, actually, I think I might be, I think I might be, uh, the winner as far as hit points because I have 23 hit points.
2: Wow. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I have a pretty nice damage die.
1: I have the least. Oh, wow. Okay.
3: (laughs) Am I, am I in effect the tank right now? Oh my gosh. What's your damage? Yeah. Basically. What's, what's your damage die? Uh, What's
1: your damage? What's your damage?
3: (laughs) Well, I mean, do you want the short list or the long list? No kidding. Uh, um, Well, uh, mine is a D10, so I'm going to be rolling a lot Uh, of D10s.
0: You're you're definitely the tank. You're the damage dealer and the tank. All right, back to Hannah. Yeah, back to Hannah. Sorry.
1: What's what's your alignment, Hannah?
2: Neutral. But I'm kind of going for, like, chaotic neutral because it's, like, throw caution to the wind. So, like, Mm -hmm. even though it's called neutral, I feel like that's more of a chaotic thing to do.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. That's what I was going with is, like, we'll use the five-point system for, like, picking our stuff just for character creation, but we'll basically forget about it from then on. People, you know, listening to this familiar with Dungeons & Dragons and Pathfinder, you know, Mm You're chaotic, neutral, Wesley. You said that you were chaotic. Good. Good. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And then, what would you be, Susanna? I'm just neutral. Just neutral. Okay.
1: I'm. I'm more. I'm closer to lawful neutral, I guess, but yeah. I'm mostly just neutral. Neutral. Yeah. She kills um,
0: because
2: mm-hmm.
0: reasons. Reasons that I can't talk <laughs> about. It. We'll, find, it. we'll
2: yeah. find out
1: soon.
3: Yeah.
1: So, what do you look like, Anna? Um. Well,
2: I'm small, so I'm only. Join the club. Barely. I'm um, not even three foot. She has really thick curly hair that she wears in like a messy bun on top of her head.
0: Uh-huh.
2: So she has like a hairband to keep it out of her face. And people think that she's a child just because she is so like small.
0: <laughs> what color is it? Her hair? Yeah.
2: Oh, she has brown hair and brown eyes and she has a bunch of freckles. And Aww. she wears, like, uh, a red robe, like or cloak, that has, like, the, um, it's, like, the a uh, deep red color, just to symbolize kind of, like, the whole Tessin, like, fire goddess kind of thing. And she has the, the only piece of, like, jewelry that she wears is she has a bracelet. It's kind of, like, a cuff, and it has, a, like, a gemstone, an orange gemstone in it that, like, glows. So it's like a glowing, cool. like, orange, kind of like, if you think, like, campfire light, like, kind of glows, like, like that kind of way. Ooh. Yeah, and, I mean, she doesn't carry any weapons, but that's because she just makes weapons out of fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't need no, weapon. Actually, same, need no. Any I, weapons. she not
0: stinking weapons? That's something I really love about your class, is you could be like, I want an axe right now. I yes. want a spear. Like, you could just make whatever weapon make you want. Whatever I
2: whatever awesome. I want. Yeah. yeah. Which is that's really cool. cool. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of cool also because everyone thinks she's kind of like this cute little kid and then she's like, ha ha.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. Allow me to burn your face off.
3: Yeah. Yes. Uh, just for the fact that you can create fire weapons out of nothing and I am the strongest as far as durability. I want some scene where our characters have to just go at each other and see who stands on top. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun.
0: What's your
1: damage die?
2: Um, my damage is a D8. Okay.
0: I think he'd win. Yeah. <laughs> Probably.
2: Yeah. Well, it depends on how well he rolls, you know. Yeah, I do true. Have, I do have kind of a cool thing, and we can get into it in depth later, where um, I have something called Fuel for the Pyre, where when I take damage unarmored, the flames come to my aid. And so it gives me one fuel, and then I can spend fuel to heal myself. So oh, I have cool. the ability to kind of like heal myself through being damaged, which is That's neat. Right. So she
0: intentionally doesn't have armor like you two do. Yes. Huh. So. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Nice. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I heard the I heard the halfling class, and all I could think of was, um, uh, glass cannon and uh, Sir Willimetz. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sir Willemit Keswick. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Andrew's
0: got there yet. No, I haven't gotten there yet,
3: but I okay. will someday. Well, then just.
2: I think,
0: w- <laughs> I think with that, though, we're going to get into the basic moves, and then I think we're going to go ahead for the prologue. All right, cool. Awesome. So Yay! here are the basic moves for this game system. Uh, same thing as the basic moves in uh, Monster of the Week in Thornvale. They're what we're going to be using most of the time to do things in the game world when we want to do something to see how well we do. So the first one is called Hack and Slash. Um, It uses strength, and this is essentially just our melee damage rolls. The next one is called Volley, which uh, is the opposite. It uses dex, and it's all of our ranged attack rolls, essentially. Uh, The next one is Parley. It uh, it uses charisma, and it's basically whenever you're trying to manipulate another person.
3: Which is Uh, never going to happen. We are never
0: going to use that There's going to be some definite (laughs) parallels between moves we see in... uh, in thornvale and monster yeah Uh, Yeah, defy danger this one is actually my favorite out of all of them so defy danger is literally just whenever you act despite an imminent threat or suffer a calamity you roll the die but the stat you use depends on what you're doing so like there could be a strength based defy danger there could be a dex based defy danger it's all based on exactly what you're doing you could even have a charisma based defy danger for some reason so (laughs) uh, it does give some (laughs) examples in here the first time we use the move i'll go into details um defend uses constitution and it's exactly what it sounds like it's defending somebody else it kind of gives you a way to help them not get hurt discern realities is a way to kind of like study the world around you and it's wisdom based so it's kind of like perception checks in dungeons and dragons it lets you notice things before they become a problem spout lore is intelligence based and this is how you like know things either about the world or a situation you're in it helps you kind of draw upon your knowledge and happen to know things and then the last one is aid or interfere you can help or hurt somebody else in the party uh and you use your bond as your plus or minus to that so if you have bond with somebody you're more effective at either helping them do something or hindering them from doing something and then i think the last detail i'll get into is the way that we level up in this game is very similar to thornvale uh you're going to level up whenever you get a failure and then you're also going to level up whenever you get that special thing at the end of session that uh, that we talked about already.
1: Mm-hmm. It's the only difference is it's not a static thing. Right. It's uh, you. It's your current level plus seven. Right. Yeah. So, so to level is, up to to level two, it's it's one plus seven. Which is eight. Yeah. For well, people. Yes, who can't I do know math. math.
2: Yeah. Do you, know
0: <laughs> We've established on Thornvale that you've
2: Okay, I no, don't I don't
1: know math, but I can add one to eight. Thank you very math much. Math is
2: hard sometimes. Math is okay. um,
0: the last thing I'm going to cover, uh, I have a homebrew rule that I'm going to be using. Oh. So I really like the luck system from Thornvale. Oh. But for this system, I don't want to do the whole, you have a set amount of luck, and as you use it, you become more and more doomed. So what we're gonna do instead is you start with zero luck and you earn luck by either doing something really cool or epic or by doing some really good role play. And then I'll just award okay. you luck. So it's gonna be a Ooh. currency basically. Sort of like okay, bottle caps. So, so it's yeah, I was gonna yes. say it's like the bottle caps it's, from it's, it's basically the glass bottle cannon. caps. From, okay. Yeah, but uh so what it's gonna do though is it's gonna work the same way. It lets you make a role a full success. Cool. Nice. So. Um, and actually there's one other thing I want to cover just cause I think it's a really cool facet of this system. So the way death works in this game is you just make a death roll. You don't get to add anything to it. So, and oh, you, you die at zero hit points. There is no, like you go down and you're unconscious, like in dungeons and dragons or pathfinder, you're just dead at zero hit points and you have to make a death saving throw. Uh, so 10 plus you basically come back to life somehow. You don't actually die. Seven to nine, uh, the god of death is going to ask you to do something, or basically you're going to have to talk your way out of dying, and then six minus, you're just dead. But it is possible to be brought back to life in this game and in this world. So if you, the player, wants your character to be brought back somehow, you can convince, you know, it'd be off screen, like you would be doing this not in-game, but you could basically tell the other people, hey, if you think your characters would do it, try and bring my character back to life somehow, and then you would play somebody else for a little bit. So
1: I have a question for you. Yeah. (laughs) Can you use luck on the last breath death saving throw?
0: I have chosen yes. Okay. Because I like the idea of you being able... That doesn't mean you can just hold it for that, so you always have one. (laughs) Uh, But That's exactly what I I I like these characters, and some people might say say I'm being a bit too easy on letting you use that on the death roll. I'm going to say yes just because I like these characters and... I think it'll be interesting either way, because you, you are basically not using a resource if you choose to save it for that for the eventuality of potentially happening. So,
1: All right, yeah, sure.
0: So it's your choice. With that, I think we're going to get into the prologue. Yeah. All right. Which I am really <laughs> excited for. Our eyes open on a scene of beauty, A wondrously green and blue sphere floating through a sea of inky blackness that is interspersed with innumerable points of light, stars, nebulas, galaxies. This is the world of Makasaria, a world of life, magic, and adventure. On the surface of this planet are many fantastical things, towering mountain ranges that reach for the heavens while their roots lie deep in the earth nearly bottomless oceans, the floors of which are littered with relics from ages past that haven't seen the light of the planet's twin suns in millennia. Densely populated cities and small hamlets, each different from the last, where the everyday goings-on of regular life take priority over all else. This world seems like most others. Some of its inhabitants know relative peace, while others know war, famine, plague, and are constantly hounded by death. Some of its denizens have good in their hearts, and seek to spread this goodness to all they meet. Others seek only to better themselves, or even worse, bring pain and suffering to those that they deem deserve it. Each and every life has power, and the world constantly changes due to the whims of noble kings and desperate beggars alike. Our vision is now filled with the crossroads town of Tavernsby on the eve of the summer solstice. This town is, in some ways, a microcosm for the wider world is filled with both light and darkness, joy and pain, life and death. We see all of its inhabitants and its its visitors, all from vastly different walks of life and in this town for any number of reasons. At the town's titular tavern, a dwarven warrior wearing beaten and travel-worn armor enters the common room. His journey has been long and hard, filled with many encounters with strange beasts, so he asks for an evening meal from the owner. Outside, a halfling wanders into town at that very moment having missed the festival that she didn't even know about, this being just another stop on her aimless search across the continent. With naught but some food, coin, and a bracelet to remind her of her sacrifices, she aims to find a nice, free place to bed down for the evening. On the senior outskirts of town, in a dark, dank hovel, a catfolk woman wearing black leather armor and even blacker fur draws her blade across the throat of the man in front of her while, unbeknownst to her, the next target looks on in horror from the open back door. We are now back out in that inky blackness, looking on this sphere of life in a sea of mostly nothingness. However, it appears this world is getting closer and closer, and very quickly at that. We continue to approach at what becomes an alarming speed, and once we reach the life-giving barrier around the planet, the edges of our vision begin to ignite and grow bright, closing in until our whole world is full of intense flame and heat. Back in the town of Tavernsby, many people see a bright light appear in the sky and stand stupefied watching this amazing sight. The light streaks across the sky, and some of the town's more learned denizens begin to realize that this object is getting bigger and bigger and appears to be on a collision course with the town. These people start to turn and run, some shouting the danger to help those that don't know, and some focusing only on themselves. In moments, the object moves faster and faster from the perspective of the townfolk, continuing to make its powerful descent to the planet's surface. And then it finally comes to a sudden explosive stop when it rams into and almost completely destroys a hill about a half mile out from town. Debris rockets into the sky and cascades around the remnants of the hill which is now ablaze in the orange light from the fallen object. Many of the people cheer in relief, the town itself having narrowly missed this chance encounter. But little would any of these people know that this was pure outrageous chance this day, that fate itself could not have created the one in infinity moment that had just occurred. Or, despite the odds, could fate have done just that? Could one of the gods of Macassaria acted this day for reasons known only to them? Some of the townsfolk and visitors would go to investigate the object that had just fallen to the earth from the heavens. None could have expected what they would find.